What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And let's get a freaking round of applause because the Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, our Dallas Cowboys were successful against the big bad referees, aka the New England Patriots. It is our Dallas Cowboys postgame show here at Blogging the Boys. The Cowboys five and one after a 35 to 29 victory on the road against the New England Patriots. A thriller in overtime. Dak, CD Lamb, the offense, Randy Gregory, Trayvon Diggs. We're going to discuss it all. We appreciate all of you coming in to join us on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page. This is your post-game show. Whatever you want to talk about, I am your puppet. You control me. Your comments drive the show. Man alive, where do we begin? Where do we begin? Uh, Brad says, RJ, what's up? What's going on? Brandon says, Lamb is a superstar. Genie says, go Cowboys. Um, I mean, man, Michael says, no giving up. I mean, seriously, Kevin says, hell yeah. Hemku says, Diggs. Uh, Christopher Lopez says, SoCal's in the house. I mean, goodness gracious. I, I mean, this was one of the most thrilling and frustrating Dallas Cowboys games that we have watched in some time we have our fifth consecutive victory polo monday tomorrow the dallas cowboys march into their bye week with an nfc not best but practically best record of five and one the arizona cardinals six and other green bay packers also five and one jim nance said it best as the game was wrapping up on the broadcast this team is a super bowl contender we have so much to get to so many winners so many losers we have the game winning touchdown to talk about i don't know how we've gotten this far into it Dak Prescott hit C.D. Lamb, and the Dallas Cowboys marched to 5-1. and one. Nice. <laughs> You're right. Throws it down the field. It's caught at the 10, and this game is over. The Cowboys win it. C.D. Lamb. The play on the timeout. This was it, Jim. You asked me. What is there to say at this point? I mean, what what is there to say? C.D. Lamb coming up in the clutch. C.D. Lamb, look, I'm be honest with you. C.D. Lamb really, 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 really might have had. I don't know if the catch of the game goes to Cedric Wilson or C.D. Lamb. The huge third down conversion, not even conversion, third down play to C.D. Lamb to set up the fourth and short as Greg Zerline went and tied the game. Cedric Wilson kept the game alive on fourth down. Dak Prescott obviously threw both of those passes. Randy Gregory deserves a game ball. Trayvon Diggs deserves a game ball. Neil says, how about them Cowboys? It truly shows the fight in this year's team. And here's the thing I want to start with. This was a game that the Dallas Cowboys have generally lost. And I think we all agree with that. And however fair or unfair that is, this is a game that the Cowboys generally lose because things were not going their way. And generally what would have happened is we all would have been pissed off. We all would have been frustrated. We all would have came here. We all would have sat. We would have cried. It would have been pissed off it would have said man this is so unfair the refs all this they didn't review Dak Prescott's third down touchdown at the goal line the fourth down play breaking the plane whatever blah blah and we would have said you know what at least they're four and two at least they're four and two well this team the 2021 Dallas Cowboys are very different they are not the at least Dallas Cowboys they are the Dallas Cowboys who go out and win the games that they are supposed to lose they go out and steal victory from the jaws of defeat which is exactly what happened here this was a 
game that nine out of 10 times in the past under previous regimes, the Cowboys would have lost. And we would have squared it with ourselves. And we would have said they're four and two. It's okay. It's going to be fine. They're going to come out of this spot. They're going to go to Minnesota. They're going to beat the Vikings, et cetera. Nah, nah, nah. This is the win. This is the difference. When we sit here at the end of the season, when it's late December, the early weeks of January, when we're looking at playoff seating, because there's no denying it at this point. We are talking about a playoff team here with the Dallas Cowboys, a contending playoff team here with the Dallas Cowboys. This is the win. This is the difference. You look at it. This is the difference between being the one seed and the two seed, the two seed and the three seed, the three seed and the four seed, because the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. The Cowboys, with a record of five and one, have as many victories as the entire NFC East combined. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington football team, and the New York not-so-good-at-football Giants all lost in week six like the losers they are. The Dallas Cowboys, the only team in the most storied division in the NFL to win here in week six. Uh, let's see here. What do we have? Uh, Caroline says, love your shirt, RJ. Appreciate it. Uh, Shout-out to Blog and the Boys forever. If you're new around here, make sure to subscribe here to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast network. This show will be available as a podcast afterwards along with many other shows that we offer throughout the week here at Blogging the Boys. We are moving and grooving here at Blogging the Boys. Everything is great. Uh, Brian says, is that my internet freezing or RJ's? Somebody let us know because I don't see myself freezing here. Uh, but if you are seeing me freeze, well, you know, hey. Uh, now Chuck says the defense needs to improve. Let's start here because I don't think the defense really played poorly for the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys were dealt a raw hand here. Ray says, I'm fine. Appreciate it. Um, we've got a comment from our producer that that might be me. Uh, but again, I think my internet is stable. Kevin says, I'm good. Thank you guys for letting me know. Uh, maybe it was a, a moment of panic because I, I'm, I'm jazzed. All right. I got a root beer here. I talk about this all the time, making sure we're good. Got to stay hydrated. Look, this was a game where the defense I think was put in some bad positions. You talk about, let me get see. Uh, thank you, Brad, for saying I'm fine. Tanner says I'll get on YouTube. Uh, Ray getting really ahead of us saying, bring on the Cardinals. Here's what happened. Early in the game, Cowboys go for it on fourth down. Don't get it. And I cannot believe we're going to start with a loser here. We have winners and losers to get to. Loser, NFL officiating. If you think that the NFL officials were terrible in this game, give me a thumbs down emoji. Wherever you're watching, YouTube, Facebook, if you're in the car, be very careful. Get those hands at 10 and 2. But don't, you know, do anything there. But if you think that the officials were a loser like I do, give me some thumbs down emojis because this was one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen. And I realize that I am biased here. You are biased. We are all rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you, Ninja Nuts. Ray, Matt, everybody acknowledging that the officials were awful in this game. Fourth and one. The Cowboys go for it early. And I understand that some of you do not like the decision to go for it. However, I disagree with you. Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, this team as a whole, offensively and defensively, have been aggressive from the jump. That's a big reason why they are five and one. You cannot pick and choose. You cannot play hindsight and say, well, I like this aggressive decision. I don't like that aggressive decision. No, it's an all or nothing thing. All right. You have to take it all or you have to take it none. And as people who were trapped by Jason Garrett for a decade, we are going to take it all. And sometimes it doesn't work out for you. But the facts of the matter are, while it might not have worked out, it should have at least been measured. I don't have any idea how in today's day and age we can send robots to Mars, but we cannot even bring out the rickety chains to measure whether or not this was a fourth down. And everybody got pissed off with Mike McCarthy saying, why are you challenging this? This doesn't look that close. If you're Mike McCarthy, you're not watching the game at home like RJ and all of his blog and the boys pals. You're there in the moment and you don't get the chain measurement. So what do you have to do if you're Mike McCarthy? You have nothing. So you have to throw that challenge flag on the Hail Mary 
of a chance that you might get it right. I think, you know, I support his decision to go for it. I support the decision to challenge it, given his lack of clarity and context in the situation. This falls at the hands and the feet of the officials in this particular game. We can say all we want about how it's New England and things happen for them, et cetera. I don't know how much I buy into that conspiracy theory here, but man, I mean, this was awful. F Kit Crunch, thank you for the super chats. It's not going to lie. We deserve to lose, in my opinion, what we want, but we won. Excuse me. That's the thing here. This was a game. And like I said, your comments drive our show here. So I completely agree with this. The Cowboys should have lost this game. They should have lost it early in the game with all the mess that they created for themselves in the first half. The officials did not help in the officiating. We'll get more on that in a moment here. They should have lost it, obviously, uh, arguably on off the Kendrick Bourne touchdown at the very end. And they should have lost it when they lost the coin toss. But the New England Patriots offense, getting back to the point at hand here, I did not think the Cowboys defense was bad. I did not think the Cowboys defense was porous. I think the Cowboys defense was put in some awful positions that were partly the offense's fault, but partly the fault of the game. I mean, again, how do the officials not look into this at all? How do the officials not even look at what is happening here with chains or anything like that? What about the third and goal play? All right, the, the third and goal play near the end of the first half. I know on fourth and goal, we can even sit here and debate uh, whether the fourth and goal was a touchdown for Dak Prescott, whether he breaks the plane or not, whether he's fumbling beforehand. I don't even know that I think Dak Prescott's fumbling beforehand. I don't think there's enough evidence there to prove one way or the other. We've seen a thousand times in the history of watching football that oftentimes there are calls that ultimately are just kind of what they were in the moment, right? Like, ah, uh, there's not enough evidence to reverse that. That's what that call seemed like to me. But the third Third down before, there's an official watching Dak Prescott's body over the football in the end zone, and it's still not even reviewed. How is that not even reviewed? Again, look, we're all happy here. The Dallas Cowboys won. They're 5-1. and one. They're one of the best teams in the National Football League. But we want to see the best possible product on the field, and the officials really contaminated that idea in this particular game. I'm a Premier League fan, just like a lot of you are. I'm a Manchester United supporter, so we don't have to talk about this weekend from a perspective other than the Dallas Cowboys. However, if you watch any Premier League football, if you watch any tennis, you know that other sports have technology where they put chips or, I don't know, you know, microscopic things in the ball, and then they can make a 3D rendering to let you know whether the ball either was out of bounds on a tennis court or was fully in the goal, you know, in, in a soccer match, a football match, whatever you want to call it. We have the technology. How do we not have the technology to discern whether or not a ball is in the end zone or not? I mean, think about it. It is ridiculous. Uh, Murder, she wrote, says Cowboys versus officials with an eye roll. I don't know, Murder, if you're saying um, that you would disagree um, that it was Cowboys versus officials or if you agree that it was. Um, I definitely think it – I mean, I, I don't buy, and I know a lot of you will disagree with this, I don't buy that the officials are, like, rigging this game. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I think they just suck. I think they're bad at their jobs, and I think there's no repercussions for when they mess up, and I think that that leads to poor, non-consistent decisions like we saw today between the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. But I digress. Um, let's see here. Uh, we've got one super chat from Joshua Garcia. Thank you very much, Joshua. The Pats coached a good game defensively, to be honest, but a win is a win, of course. Love this comment. And here's the thing. We knew coming into this game that the Patriots' defense, obviously, is Bill Belichick. By the way, the Dallas Cowboys have, for the first time ever, defeated Bill Belichick. You can take all the memes and all the old things, and you can put them in the drawer and not think about them forever. All right, just like the NFL and operating a like fair game. But the Dallas Cowboys took down Bill Belichick's defense that we knew was going to play very well. Look at the way the, the Patriots played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that the Cowboys scored a lot of points against themselves. We know, we have known forever, we have all seen a billion football games in our lives that the Patriots have played. As Michael Vega says, Belichick threw everything at us and we still came out on top. Yeah, including the officials. Uh, again, I'm not trying to stoke, stoke the flames here, but 
I mean, Bill Belichick certainly did his job. He did what he has done forever in this league, and he definitely stifled the Cowboys to a degree. Now, I think we're going to look back at this game, and they were talking about it there at the end on the broadcast, that the Cowboys had over 500 yards of total offense. Obviously, Dak Prescott had a great game from a statistical perspective. CeeDee Lamb had the two touchdowns. Part of that's the overtime, and I'm not trying to say it doesn't count or anything like that, but, I mean, there's no doubt about it that Bill Belichick did have some success against this Cowboys offense. But the fact that Kellen Moore was able to come out on top in the very end is ultimately the most impressive thing. And, you know, again, the fact that the Cowboys won is obviously the most, most important thing. A lot of Chelsea fans here, by the way. Sorry, you know, again, you know, not a great weekend for soccer. Uh, super chat from Brian. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. it. Says, I don't blame Diggs on the Bourne touchdown. He got beat, but I thought he had help over the top from the safety. I agree, but we have to put that blame somewhere. And I do think it ultimately falls at the feet of, of Trayvon Diggs. DeMonte KZ involved there, too. Um, not a great moment if you're watching the Sunday Night Football broadcast. They just showed that touchdown right now. I mean, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It wasn't a great moment. But I tweeted this in this moment that the Dallas Cowboys, after the failed, um, after the missed field goal, excuse me, that Greg Zerline had. And I don't put that missed field goal on Greg Zerline, by the way. The Dallas Cowboys should have gone for it there. And I am a big supporter of Mike McCarthy. If you watch this show or listen to any of our shows, you know that. But that was a poor decision from Mike McCarthy because we'd seen the Cowboys go for it and go for it and go for it all throughout the game. And the moment where it is on the line in the most important situation possible, while Greg Zerline has been rather good and consistent as of late, I want that fourth and one ball in Dak Prescott's hands. I want that ball in my MVP quarterback's hands. I don't want that ball on the foot of Greg Zerline that we know cannot be great. Now, Greg Zerline shanks that kick, and I know that that's unfortunate, et cetera. I think I agree with the broadcast and Tony Romo that Greg had to kind of hook it left as, as a result of the pressure that was coming from the right side. But still, that miss is on Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff as a whole. But getting back to that, as soon as Greg Zerline missed that kick, yes, the Cowboys had all three timeouts, but ultimately the Trayvon Diggs pick six happens, the Kendrick Bourne touchdown happens. After the Kendrick Bourne touchdown, I felt better than I did right before the Diggs pick six. It did not feel good right before Trayvon's pick six, and obviously he intercepts the ball, takes it to the house, et cetera. By the way, how have we talked all about Trayvon Diggs' pick six and not shown it yet? Trayvon Diggs, the best cornerback in the history of the world. Second and 15. The throw, and it's intercepted. He's got another one, and he's got a field ahead of him. Diggs is going to take it to the end zone. Unbelievable. Just when you think things are going your way, New England's going to stop and do something right. The fumble in week one, the end of the game against Tampa, the tip ball, this field goal, they do it right. The breaks are going your way. And then Diggs, the most interceptions in the NFL. You can't have a tip ball around him. He picks off his old Alabama teammate. And uses the instincts, the hand-eye coordination. And run into the end zone like... Monica Geller said it seven, seven interceptions for number seven, Trayvon Diggs, defensive player of the year. I don't care about anything else. I mean, he might be MVP at this point. Seriously, Trayvon Diggs might be the most valuable player in the National Football League. Trayvon Diggs has played six games this season. He has seven interceptions. He has two pick sixes. He is the best defensive player in the National Football League. You can lock that up. You can take it to the bank. And on your way, Trayvon Diggs might take it from you because he's very good at doing that, as we have learned over the first month and a half of this season. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Gerardo says, not going to lie, Dak looked a little rattled early in the fourth quarter, but he made up for it. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about a little bit, too, with, you know, the fact that we could kind of see that, um, you know, that, that, that Bill Belichick was having success. But Dak did persevere. I mean, man, alive. I mean, seriously, I can't believe it is hilarious that anybody ever doubted Dak Prescott. He 
is just, he is that guy. He is that dude. He is that guy. He is, I mean, just, he's, it's, it's remarkable how incredible Dak Prescott is, how reliable Dak Prescott is. Kudos, 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 MVP without question. Anyway, uh, Watsamata, thank you for the super chats. The surviving crazy Belichick game with clutch overtime defense and offense is great for future confidence in close games. This is such a great point here. I know Dak and Trayvon are fighting for MVP, but Watsamata might get in the mix as well here. This is it. This, this, this is the kind of game that, that, that builds that confidence that lets you know, man, we did it. We you remember that time we were in Foxborough late in the game and all that crap was working against us. All the, the penalties, all the flags, all the weird stuff. They didn't even review the third and goal play. You know, they didn't even measure the fourth and one early in the game. I mean, this is a huge boost. This is an incredible, I, I know we all are on some level, you know, bummed that the Cowboys are on by, right? Because we want to see the Cowboys play. This is good energy. These are good vibes. The Cowboys are moving and grooving and operating at a really high level. So you don't want to rip the rug out from under that. But this is an incredible win to send the Cowboys into the bye. This Cowboys team gets to play the Minnesota Vikings, all right, in two weeks. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings that had to hold on for dear life in overtime themselves, I believe, against the Carolina Panthers today. I mean, this is a huge injection of confidence in this Cowboys team. This is a really young Cowboys team. And you put all of it together. You're the first Cowboys team to go to New England to win in forever. You scored a touchdown in New England for the first time in 10 years since Tony Romo and Jason Witten. I mean, this is a massive, massive, massive thing for the psyche of this particular team. This is a massive thing for Mike McCarthy. I mean, everybody talked about how Mike McCarthy was not good. He was trash. He was whatever. And we'll get into Mike McCarthy's decisions in a little bit. I know. I promise you. I know you have comments. But Mike McCarthy is 5-1. and one. Mike McCarthy went to New England and beat Bill Belichick. And you can make your comments about his decisions, and we'll get there. I promise again, you'll have your moment. But Mike McCarthy went and defeated Bill Belichick. Mike McCarthy also defeated Brandon Staley this season. Mike McCarthy... I don't, I don't know how you can objectively deny that Mike McCarthy is among the very best head coaches in the NFL right now. The results back that up. We're over here talking about how Dak Prescott's among the best quarterbacks, Trayvon Diggs, best cornerbacks, Cowboys run game, best run game, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn. Everybody gets the attaboy except for Mike McCarthy. You have to give him his due at this particular point in time. It is super impressive. Consider, again, that the Dallas Cowboys will get – I was going to leave this up, but now we'll take it off about the officials being terrible – the Dallas Cowboys, we've talked about this several times if you've you know joined us for several of our post-game discussions. The day after they lost at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were 0-1. Michael Gallup suffers the cap strain. We find out he's out three to five weeks. Lyle Collins is suspended. We find out he's out five games. Randy Gregory the next week goes into the COVID protocol when Zach Martin's taken out of it. Demarcus Lawrence breaks his leg or ankle, excuse me. Um, I mean, you, you've got, you know, Donovan Wilson had the groin injury. Ty Insecki had the heat exhaustion. By the way, we'll get to Ty Insecki. He's a winner. I'm not going to spoil too much of it here. And since all of that crap happened, the Dallas Cowboys are 5-0. and They have gone undefeated, and they have gone to places like Los Angeles, like New England, and taken down one of the premier threats in the AFC and the NFL as a whole in the Chargers, one of the league's better young quarterbacks in Justin Herbert. And they've gone to New England, their previous house of horrors, and they've taken down the greatest coach of all time, despite all of the crap that worked against them. I've said the word crap a thousand times. It's because there was a lot of crap in this game. Uh, let's see here. Phantom of many topics on the subject of myself being a Manchester United supporter. This is uh, Tuchel in Ole out. I know. We don't have to talk about this again. Oh, seriously. Let's just leave it to the Cowboys. Not a great week uh, for uh, for Manchester United. Uh, Rudy says McCarthy calls timeouts in the worst possible time. Let's, let's segue into Mike McCarthy here, and we'll get back to winners and losers because I know you all have comments. What is your takeaway from Mike? What what, are you, what is your one thought? You get one thought. You can type one comment out. What is your one thought on who Mike McCarthy is, on, on how you view Mike McCarthy, on Mike McCarthy's success? 
What is your thought, your takeaway, your your take on Mike McCarthy? Because I don't know how you can say he's he's terrible. I don't know how you can say he's not the right guy. I don't know how you can say he doesn't have you know it in him to be the coach that this team needs. Uh, Juan says he's gotten better. GT uh, Radcock 210 says he got us to five and one. Think Tank Gallery says winner. Kevin says time management problems. I think that's fair. Uh, Reno says stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve this. Kellen Moore deserves this. Kellen Moore's offense has had red zone issues at time this season. I mean, Kellen Moore deserves a ton of roses. Throw them at his feet. But you can't pick and choose like that. You can't say that Mike McCarthy gets zero credit and that Kellen Moore gets 100. You can't say that Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn get 100 and that Mike McCarthy doesn't get anything. It doesn't work that way. Mike McCarthy at least deserves his fair share. Uh, Burmese Star says he's good but indecisive. Uh, Shabar says he keeps things positive even during negative plays in a non-clapping fashion, which I think appeases a lot of Cowboys fans. Adam says, McCarthy, I think, struggles to stay in game when he's not calling plays like he did in Green Bay. I think you have to give him a lot of credit for that, too, is that he came in, he humbled himself, he didn't want to take away from Dak Prescott in the offense, he kept Kellen Moore, and he shifted into this managerial position, so to speak, and the ship is afloat. The ship is certainly afloat. Um, let's see here. Um, Andy says he broke the plane talking about Dak Prescott. I agree. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Joseph Hacks, uh, Joseph Heck, excuse me, says, what happened to our run defense today? I mean, again, it's it's Bill Belichick. And yeah, things were not great. And this Cowboys defense, we talked about this coming into this game. And, you know, uh, obviously at SB Nation, we have conversations with the people who cover the opposing team. And my conversations with all the people that cover the Patriots was, look, this Cowboys team, this, this defense looks really great, right? This Cowboys defense looks really strong and really, you know, really stable, et cetera. This Cowboys defense gets gashed. I mean, this is kind of who the defense has been. It's been a defense that gets beat for several plays. Part of the issue in this particular game was that the offense did them no favors. The situations put them behind the eight ball so to speak, but it is an opportunistic defense that generates turnovers. And since we ran our study after the third week of the season, excuse me, the second week of the season, when the Cowboys had six turnovers at that point in time, we looked at every team since the merger that had at least six turnovers through the first two games of a season, and they all averaged two turnovers over the rest of the season per game, two turnovers per game. Do you know how many turnovers the Dallas Cowboys defense has per game since we did that study? They have two turnovers per game game seriously and somebody commented a little while ago show the randy gregory fumble we obviously showed the trayvon Diggs pick six but randy gregory i mean it's just um i mean just an incredibly different i mean just here's the clip second and 17 cowboys get the strip sack and the recovery out to the 49 that's golston with the recovery and gregory was the one who knocked it out well, the right tackle, 72, could just, just gets. Seriously, I mean, how do you, you know, somebody commented about our star of the game. You are right. You are dead right here. Randy Gregory, our star of the game here on the Blog of the Boys, Dallas Cowboys postgame show. If you're new around here, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our podcast network, like this video. Those things help us out if you want to support us. We certainly appreciate all those causes. But Randy Gregory, man, I mean, just. I, I said coming into the season that I didn't know. I didn't know if he could pull it off, if he could be this guy every single week for an entire season because we hadn't seen that in a very long time. And I was just skeptical because the sample wasn't there in terms of recent history. Randy Gregory is arguably – I mean, it's hard to say he's arguably the most important defensive player on the team because there are so many. I mean, Trayvon Diggs is in this conversation. Demarcus Lawrence is coming back at a certain point. Micah Parsons still exists. I mean, it is – 
it is a defense that has a lot of superstars. Uh, Rich D, uh, thank you for the super chat. Rich says, I played with two pitchers throwing 94 miles an hour and went to state. It wasn't because of our coach. McCarthy is winning because of the folks around him. I don't dispute at all that Mike McCarthy has a talented offensive coordinator. He has a talented defensive coordinator. He has one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. He has one of the very best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mike McCarthy checks all of the boxes at all of the positions, but Mike McCarthy is the, the stabilizing force for all that. I don't know how you can take it away from him. I mean, he is driving this to a certain degree and, and he deserves his fair share of credit. Is he as involved as other head coaches are in the NFL? Obviously not, but he doesn't have to be. I mean, the formula is working, and we have seen the formula not work in very recent history when it comes to the same people, the same things, the same roles, etc. So Mike McCarthy isn't the lone common denominator difference, but he is a stark difference, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Let's see here. We'll get to our next super chat. We appreciate all of you who are choosing to join us here on the Blog and the Boys postgame show. We've got uh, Mike G says, uh, "Go, Mike, I'm looking for your comment here. Uh, I'm looking for Mike. Mike G says, go Cowboys. That's it. Simple respect. How about go five and one Cowboys go NFC East leading Cowboys go Super Bowl contending Cowboys. This people. All right. You, me, all of us, we're a familiar around here. We root for, we support, we love one of the very best teams in the national football league. That is an awesome thing. I mean, look, the weather has been phenomenal as of late. I know we have a lot of international listeners and viewers as well. Hopefully the weather's been great wherever you are. The weather's been great. Everything is, is better. Everything is, is more awesome. Everything is more perfect when the Dallas Cowboys are having success like they are now. Jason Travis, think of the Super Chat, says Dak for MVP is all anyone who still doubts him uh, doesn't watch football. Oh, sorry. Dak for MVP is all anyone who still doubts him doesn't watch football. Yeah, seriously. I mean, who, who doubts Dak at this point in time? I mean, he is incredible. I mean, he is remarkable. He is – I think you can make an argument that Dak Prescott is, is playing playing quarterback higher at a higher level than anybody else is in the NFL right now. I think you can make a very, very strong argument that that is the case. I do want to go back to, because we now have the highlight, this is the block touchdown from Dak Prescott. This is, this is such a silly, you know, moment here. I didn't even go back and look at the third down play. Oh, that's – does he have control? That actually is the first time I've seen it. It's out before, Jim, isn't it? It's it's definitely moving in his hand. Oh, wow. Van Noy oh. made the recovery. I don't know. I'd hate to be the one who has to decide this one. Let's bring Gene in, Jim. All right, Gene. It looked like to me, guys, Bentley. it appears that deck. Yes, Jim, I believe that. He's in. I don't care what you say. He's in. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, let's keep moving. Uh, uh, Renault says Dak for comeback player of the year. How about Dak for MVP? I mean, uh, seriously, how about Dak for MVP? Your comments uh, as we continue here. Edward says Dak for MVP. Kenny says Dak should have scored twice three because he scored on third down. He scored on fourth down. It's ridiculous that they took it away from him. Martin says, what's up, Ocho from Harlingen, Texas? I was born in Harlingen, Texas. So great comment from you. Uh, John says, talk about the kicker. I mean, Look, I don't blame Greg Zerline for the missed field goal. I really don't. We talked about this. I blame the Cowboys for not going for it on fourth down. That was fourth and one. This And that's where, you know, it's hard to give Mike McCarthy like a brand new car here, right? I'm, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's, you know, the best coach in the NFL. I think he deserves his fair share of credit. I think he deserves a lot of credit. But, you know, there are some decisions that are, are still difficult to understand. And the Cowboys had obviously been, you know, very aggressive, you know, for a long time. And they decide to turtle up when it comes to this field goal. And and let's let's talk about this this field goal. Let's talk about what went into this. We talked about CD Lamb. CD is just seriously. We have so many things to get to. We have more winners, more losers, etc. This is the CD Lamb big catch that we talked about. It's open. 
Prescott. In the middle, and it's pulled down. They're in field goal range with Lamb. This will take a time. Third and 25. I mean, third and 25, and it's just, it's it's almost easy. Now, this is the Greg Zerline field goal that he makes to tie the game, to send it into overtime, which I think is really impressive given the fact that he had just missed the big-time kick just a few minutes before. Kick by Zerline. Will it hook? It's good! I mean, I think that Greg Zerline... This is this is going to sound weird, all right? I'm I realize how weird this is going to sound. I think that Greg Zerline is among the more stable kickers in the NFL right now. Think about last week and all the extra points and all the field goals, all the misses that we saw. Greg Zerline was perfect last week, by the way. I mean, he still has his moments. He's still not you know primed in Bailey or anything, but Greg Zerline has quietly kind of his his floor has stabilized. We we it was a rough beginning, and you can make an argument that if not for Greg Zerline, the Cowboys would be six and zero on the season. But Greg Zerline made the game winning kick against the Chargers. He made the game tying field goal in New England. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, there are bigger concerns for me than Greg Zerline. Brian says, uh, damn, RJ making bank on Super Chats today. Appreciate everybody. How about a giveaway like that BTB polo for Victory Polo Monday? If you guys are supportive enough, maybe we'll do a giveaway for BTB polos. If you would like that, please let me know. You can let us know in the comments. You can let me know on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at RJ Ochoa. If you want us to give away something, like I said, I am merely your puppet. I will do everything in my power to make it happen. We can do polos. We can do caps. We can do whatever we want. Um, And so if you want something like that, I promise you I will work until it happens here because we love you. We take our job very seriously here at Blog and the Boys to deliver the very best Dallas Cowboys content that we can. And we are so thankful that all of you choose to join us for our live shows, for our podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But so I promise I'm working on that first thing tomorrow. As soon as we normally, you know, we stabilize everything because the Cowboys are five and one. We have a lot of things to, to freak out about here um let's see here let's come um isaac says it's easy to be aggressive early in the game but mccarthy doesn't have the balls to be aggressive late i don't think that that's true either i mean i I think that mccarthy think think about the play call at the very end to win this game and i know you can say that's kellen moore etc and i I do agree with you to a certain degree i mean we saw the way they handled the end of the game against the chargers obviously uh the fourth and one decision that they you know decided to turtle up and kick the field goal but you know I mean, the, the Cowboys were in this thing, I mean, for a while. And and I think McCarthy deserves, again, he deserves his fair share of credit. That's where I'm willing to go here. I, it, it's, it's hard to say he's among the very, very, very best head coaches in the NFL, but he certainly deserves his extreme amount of credit because the Cowboys are five and one. Uh, let's see here. Um, ooh, this is a great question from Eli. I mean, I'm going to spin it into a question. Thank you for the super chat. Eli says, thankful for the clutch win. Not impressed again. How are you not impressed? I mean, this the Cowboys literally won a game that they shouldn't have won today. They they won a game to get to five and one. I mean, they are in, Dak was amazing. The the team's resiliency was amazing. They they were able to to combat all of the you know weird stuff in this game that happened. I mean, they went to overtime. They didn't blink. I mean. They deserve a lot of credit as a team. So I don't know how you cannot be uh, impressed. Ooh, DDK1231 says a giveaway every Victory Monday. Well, if the Cowboys are going to keep playing like this, you know, we're going to have to figure something out here. But I promise you, I will work on this, everybody. I give you my absolute word. Uh, let's see here. Um, we've got a comment here from Tyler. Thank you for the super chat. It says, is Dak Hurt reporting of limping to the locker room? Um, let's see here. We're always keeping tabs on what's happening here. Um, let's see here. Michael Gelkin uh, of the Dallas Morning News tweeted that Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott suffered a right calf strain on the game-winning overtime play. He will be evaluated further Monday in Dallas. I'm reading this for the first time. Let's see here. Um, Cowboys, uh, let's see here. 
Um, a calf strain is, you know, obviously not great. Uh, the Cowboys going to have a, an MRI for Dak Prescott on Monday, which is tomorrow. They are on their bye. Nobody panic. Let's all be cool. We can get to this together. Uh, a calf strain is what knocked Michael Gallup out three to five weeks. I'm waiting to see if more information develops here. Um, that is um, that is not ideal. I mean, not not ideal. Apparently, Maurice Kennedy um, also suffered a concussion. Um, and uh, Tyron Smith, obviously, we all knew had the ankle issue. But I don't think this is a reason to panic just yet. Uh, we need to wait for more information. But obviously not great. And again, the Cowboys are on their bye. They are 5-1, and one, and they come out of their bye. In case anybody was nervous, they come out of their bye to face the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos, the Atlanta Falcons. So the road is still very manageable for the Cowboys. And by the way, Dak Prescott is um, after the game, which is apparently, you know, he suffered the injury on the final play of the game. I haven't watched this interview yet because we jumped on here for our postgame show because that's what is the most important thing. But Dak did an interview with Tracy Wolfson um, of CBS and he's standing there. And I don't think that Dak would be standing there um, if it was terrible. That's that's just my instinct. Um, I, I don't think that Dak would be doing an interview with the broadcast if he truly was hurt. If he truly was hurt and it was truly a, we got to get you out of here, we got to get you, you know, changed, we got to get you, et cetera, we got to get you ready, et cetera. There's no way Cowboys PR lets him do that interview. There's no way. It goes to CeeDee Lamb, who, who had the walk-off touchdown. There's no way that they allow Dak Prescott to do that if it truly is the end of the world. So I know that you are going to be a little bit nervous until the results of the MRI in him, but that's my initial gut instinct. Of course, you know, I, uh, I could be wrong, but I, I just cannot imagine that they would let him go to that interview if there was a huge problem. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, Zach says, uh, thank you for the Super Chat, Zach says, give the quiet credit where it's due. The tight ends were quiet today. They did a lot in pass block, run block, and some key catches, especially early. Dalton Schultz is, I mean... Dalton Schultz, we, we talk about this on our roundtables. We have roundtable discussions every Tuesday here on our channel. We stream them live uh, at 5 p.m. Central Time. Dalton Schultz has become a player that you have to pay. I mean, he, he's become that. He has become that important to the Cowboys offense. And so you absolutely have to pay Dalton Schultz. Blake Jarwin had the touchdown early on. Cowboys have arguably the best pair of tight ends in the NFL. I don't think it's ridiculous to say. Uh, so, I mean... Like what? What an impressive outing from everybody in, in general. I'm also um, paying attention to make sure nothing else comes out. But again, you know, I think we're okay here. But uh, Casey Cooper, think of the super chat says Randy Gregory is in fuego. I mean, Randy Gregory is just—he's a monster. He's—he's he's a man. He's—he's he's the man. He is that guy on the defensive side of the ball. The Warrior M, think of the super chat says, "What's up, RJ Mel from New Jersey? Here, what's up, Mel? I love your show. Can the Cowboys Nation get a how about?" them Cowboys from you. I've never been asked to do this, Mel, so I appreciate it. I'm going to do my best, and it's a little bit difficult in the immediate seconds after the Dak Prescott news. Again, I think we're fine, uh, making sure everything's good here, but here we go. How about them, Cowboys? All right, my dog didn't bark, which is a huge win uh, on my end, but a lot of you freaking out in the comments about the Dak Prescott situation. Um, I do want to bring something up here. The Rander X2 says, haven't they beaten the spread every week this year? The Rander X2 is correct. The Dallas Cowboys were the only team to be 4-0 against the spread this season in the NFL. They were the only team to be 5-0 against the spread this year. They are now the only team in the NFL to be 6-0 against the spread. They were four, three-and-a-half-point favorites, depending on where you looked, when you looked, entering this game. Obviously, the fact that they won on the overtime touchdown did go a long ways there, but our friends in the desert are certainly happy. Tyler Martinez, what's going on? Uh, says, everyone's saying Diggs got beat. I blame our safety. Devontae KZ had a bad moment there. Diggs turned and thought the safety was going to jump it. I think you have to give him, you know, a little bit of 
of blame. You, you can't exonerate Diggs completely in this game. I mean, that's just not fair to the overall product here. Uh, but I mean, look, if, if anyone has earned the right to be given the benefit of the doubt, it is certainly Trayvon Diggs. Uh, let's see here. A lot of you saying, how about them Cowboys? The Waffle House TV. Whoa, this is big time. Uh, says, what's happening with Dak? Suffered a calf strain. But, um, I mean, again, I, I don't I don't view this as a reason to panic right now, but that's just me. Um, MG says, Diggs got roasted. It was not a great situation, uh, certainly. But, okay, let's get back to winners and losers. If you have a winner or a loser from this game, we certainly want to hear about it. We are keeping tabs on all news and information to make sure we have the very latest when it comes to Dak Prescott. But, I do want to say winner, Luke Gifford. My goodness, Luke Gifford had a moment in this game. We talked about the tight ends. We talked about quiet credit there. And I think when we look back on this game, when we remember what happened, we're going to remember the the CeeDee Lamb touchdowns. We're going to remember the Cedric Wilson crazy fourth down conversion. We're going to remember the CeeDee Lamb third and 25 almost conversion. We're going to remember the Randy Gregory forced fumble. But Luke Gifford, man alive, just had an unbelievable pump block. First pump block the Cowboys have had since week two of the 2015 season. Here is Luke Gifford making us all incredibly happy. Bailey with the first punt of the game from either side of this block. This block and the Cowboys have it at the 17-yard line. And that's Luke Gifford with the football. Well, I think the best special teams in the NFL are the New England Patriots. I mean, what can you say? I mean, what what a special teams play. And, you know, we talked about Greg Zerline kind of stabilizing as of late. The special teams as a whole has stabilized. All credit to John Fossil. We got to give credit where it's due. We all had a lot of problems, you know, with him and how he handled uh, the game in Los Angeles, the decision to send the house at the end of the first half. I mean, it is what it is. I don't have Connor Williams typed up because the game was so crazy uh, there at the very end. But I will say a lot of you are saying that Connor Williams was a loser. Obviously, a rough fourth quarter for Connor Williams. I, I, I write these winners and losers every week uh, at bloggingtheboys.com. And like I said, I don't have it here because it was an emergency jump in the jump in the command station and get the show started sort of situation. But there's no doubt about it. Connor Williams was a loser. I mean, just a rough game for Connor. And I did want to add before we moved on that Ty Inseki deserves an honorable mention because Ty Inseki came in this game, you know, in a moment's notice for Tyron Smith. And Tyron did return, thankfully. And that's the thing here. We're talking about, you know, a matter of Dak Prescott and his injury, how we don't think it's a big deal because he did the post-game interview. The fact that Tyron Smith came back, obviously, you know, is a huge boost of confidence to the idea that he's going to be all right. I'm not worried about Tyron Smith. I don't think you're worried about Tyron Smith, but Tyron Seckley deserves a huge amount of credit for coming in and not having the offense miss a beat. Uh, let's see here. We're going to work on getting the graphic up here of, of Dak Prescott hobbling to the locker room. Um, it was, uh, he, he is... In the photo I'm looking at, again, we're working on getting it up here for you. Uh, Ed Warder from ESPN did just tweet it out. Dak is hobbling, uh, you know, being careful with his right, you know, leg, right ankle situation. He's leaning on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but let's see here. We have a super chat from Dr. Forbin slash Colossus. Very intimidating name. It says a win in Foxborough is huge. Way to go, Cowboys. They are now the real deal. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the Cowboys are among the very best teams in the National Football League. You you cannot take it. And I know right now everyone's on pins and needles, you know, waiting to see what the situation is with Dak Prescott. I mean, 
they, they are the, they are, it's not just Dak. I mean, Dak deserves like this credit is completely fair. Give Dak all the credit in the world. He's playing like an absolute MVP right now. He's certainly comeback player of the year. Although I do wonder because so much of awards like this are based on narrative. Uh, they generally, you know, don't let somebody win multiple awards as, as evidenced by the fact that, you know, oftentimes it's a, a quarterback who wins MVP and they don't win offensive player of the year. So it's, you know, there is some like story arcing that goes on there. I, Joe Burrow is, is I think, in contention for comeback player of the year. You could certainly make that argument. And I think there's a world where Dak Prescott wins MVP and Joe Burrow wins comeback player of the year. And I know we'd be pissed because we want Dak to win everything. But if that happens, I mean, I think we're okay with it. It's very possible. It's, it's extremely – in fact, I would argue it's likely at this point in time that the Cowboys have the MVP on their team right now in Dak Prescott, that they have the defensive player of the year in Trayvon Diggs, that they have the defensive rookie of the year in Micah Parsons. And I think I don't want to keep upsetting you people. I think they have a candidate for coach of the year in Mike McCarthy. I think if you talk about coach of the year candidates across the NFL, I think John Harbaugh from Baltimore is in the mix. I think Sean McDermott from Buffalo is in the mix. And I think that Mike McCarthy's in the mix. I think he is in the mix for coach of the year. Cause again, some of that's narrative. The Cowboys are going to come back from being six and 10, winning the NFC East, being this huge success story, et cetera. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that's that's just the way things are. Paul, thank you for the super chat. Says three turnovers today. The blocked field goal counts. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. I mean, just an incredible, incredible day for the Cowboys everywhere. I mean, offense was singing obviously late. Um, you know, defense was incredible there at the end. Obviously, had a bad moment. Uh, but it, you know, great job all the way around. Uh, let's see here. MG says when you have to throw the ball for 465 yards, it means your team sucks. Again, I think the Cowboys are in these uniquely bad positions. I, I, the game did not lend well to them from an officiating standpoint. I don't want to keep blaming the officials, but I mean, man, it, it was just not good for the Cowboys from an officiating standpoint. Again, making sure nothing's happening on the Dak Prescott front, but I mean, overall, this was a huge, huge, ginormous, just in, an incredibly important win for the Cowboys. I mean, this this went a long way because I think we all would have been very upset if they had lost this game. It would have been a long two weeks if they had lost this game, but they are five and one. They're five and one. I think that that's being overlooked here. They are five and one with incredible things that happen. They, they find different superstars to get different moments, to get different you know plays, to get different et cetera's because that's what good teams do. Good teams, and this is another winner that I have here. Winner is team depth. We talked about this because, look, the Cowboys, we already listed off the names, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, Lyle Collins, Michael Gallup, Donovan Wilson for most of the season, you know, Ty Insecki. I mean, the Cowboys have, have been playing without a lot of important players, a lot, an incredible amount of important players, and they have had their depth rise up and rise up and rise up and rise to the challenge. I mean, that is really, really, really great. We saw that even mid-game with Ty Inseki. We've seen that. A lot of you in the comments are arguing about Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup. Why are you arguing? Let, hey, peace, harmony, love, prosperity, health, wealth, and happiness to everybody here. The Dallas Cowboys are 5-1. and one. And guess what? If you're arguing about Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson in the comments, first of all, appreciate you joining us and commenting. If you can, like the video and subscribe too. But the, they both play for the Cowboys. Why are you arguing which one is better? They are both on the team. So don't argue. Love one another. Be cool. Um, here is the photo of Dak Prescott. Let's see here. Uh, in case you hadn't seen it, this is from ESPN's Ed Warder. This is Dak hobbling to the locker room after the Cowboys win. I don't think it's like that big of a deal, honestly. I mean, it's it's not right. It's not ideal. Let's be clear here. You'd never want any sort of situation, any sort of injury, any sort of whatever happening with your quarterback. However, however, 
The Cowboys are on their bye. Okay. The Cowboys are on their bye. They don't play for two weeks. Next time we see the Cowboys, it will be Halloween night. We will all have had tons of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Kit Kats, not Snickers because they're overrated, uh, but we will all be really hopped up on candy, all right? And it is a long time away uh, from right now. And again, I don't think that the Cowboys would have allowed Dak Prescott to do the, the interview with CBS's Tracy Wolfson after the game if he had not been all right. And, and that's... That's my takeaway, you know, here. I think he's okay. Miguel says his tech okay with a lot of crying emojis. Um, I mean, I I don't think I don't think anything's wrong. I don't think they would have allowed for this to happen if that were the case, but it is what it is. But that is the DAC situation. So we'll certainly be monitoring that. We'll keep you updated uh all throughout the week, all the time at blogoftheboys.com. Ninja Nuts says uh Snickers are amaze balls. Look, I'm not a Snickers guy. I don't like it. it's too much going on for me. I want something a little bit more simplistic. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian, thank you, Brian, for the super chats. There's only four likes on this video so far. Let's give some thumbs up. If you are watching on YouTube and you want to help us out, hit the thumbs up. That really helps. Those things go a long way. I hate to ask for it over and over again, but those things go a long way. In look, I don't make the rules of the internet. The internet is, is the wild west. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Tim says, RJ, what's your thoughts on not going for it on fourth and one prior to the missed field goal? Some of you have gotten here late, Tim, not trying to call you out there. Uh, we did talk about this. I mean, I disagree with that. I disagree with, with kicking the field goal there. There was enough time there that, and, and obviously as evidence, the Cowboys won. Um, I, I would have, I would have rather them gone for it because like we said, you, you can't be half in this world where you're half aggressive, half not aggressive. You have to be all the way in this world. And if you're all the way in this world, that means you go for it in those situations. I haven't looked at what any of the models suggest in terms of kicking or, um, or, or, or going for it there. I'd be interested to know what Ben Baldwin's model says. Ben Baldwin does a great job covering the NFL as a whole big Cowboys supporter Ben Baldwin is. Um, so I have not looked at this particular point in time, but I would have gone for it. I know it's easy to say, and the Cowboys won. And so it works out in that sense. Uh, but I mean, I, I just, I, I would have gone for it. I think you have to United resurgent. Thank you. United. Uh, again, rough week says winner, Noah Brown, Noah certainly played his part today. I think Noah was great. Noah and Cedric Wilson were both just phenomenal in this particular game. Um, Cowboys have depth in a lot of ways, and they they deserve a lot of credit for that. I mean, this Cowboys defense deserves a lot of credit for the – or this defense. This Cowboys team deserves a lot of credit for how they've built their roster, how they've constructed it, the type of depth. You know who was awesome in this game? An honorable mention? Or I, I'm sorry, a winner. How could I bury the lead here? A winner. I'm looking for him here. Um Honorable mention. Sorry, I got I got mixed up. So ha- there's a lot happening here. A lot happening here. Jaron Curse. Jaron Curse has raised the floor. Evan Ingram. If you're watching this, I want to see some evidence of Jaron Curse supposedly punching you. In case anybody you know didn't see this story, New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram, um, you know, alleges that Jaron Curse punched him after the Cowboys beat the Giants last week. Evan Ingram alleges that this happened after the game when the teams were shaking hands, uh, which sounds a lot like. Evan Ingram was pissed off that the Dallas Cowboys had their way with the New York Giants. That's what it sounds like to me. The NFL reviewed the matter. NFL films in all their greatness looked the matter over, didn't find any shred of evidence. There was no fine for J. Ron Curse. So it sounds a lot to me like Evan Ingram is making this up. But J. Ron Curse has come in and raised the floor of play for the Dallas Cowboys defense. He did not get to Mac Jones, but he got so close a couple of times. And I hate to give, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of love and pomp and circumstance for almost. But I mean, J. Ron Curse is really 
really, really somebody that has come in, somebody that we didn't think was going to offer much. I mean, you're you're lying if you are going to sit here and tell me that you believed in J. Ron Curse when the Cowboys signed him. It's okay. We, we can all be honest with ourselves. We're all adults here, all right? You know, it's okay. But J. Ron Curse has come in and has really raised the floor for what this defense does and how they operate, which is something that was really lacking on this team from an attitude and disposition perspective. I think that some of that credit belongs to Micah Parsons as well. He has obviously raised the kind of tenacity for this defense. Overall, the Cowboys have a lot a lot more positive attitude on the defensive side of the ball, which is something that we see a lot. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Alex Storm says, if Curse had punched Ingram and it would have been on tape, the NFL certainly would have let a Cowboy off if he had actually done the deed. I agree with you. Uh, let's see here. Sherry says, I love our offense has weapons everywhere. Our defense sometimes looks subpar, then comes back with explosive plays and proves me wrong. Here's the thing, Sherry. I agree with you. I mean, because the Cowboys defense is at times bad. And that's okay. They're, at times, they're very frustrating. First half of this game, super frustrating, super, you know, stressful, super what's going on here, et cetera. We were all pissed off at the Cowboys defense. But then the Randy Gregory sack happens, right? The, Tra- the Trayvon Diggs thing, I'm, I'm mystified at Trayvon Diggs at this point in time. It's not even fair to call him a winner at this point. Trayvon Diggs is almost like a magician. Like, he, he's almost like willing these interceptions into existence. It's, it's not normal. It's not human. I mean, what Trayvon Diggs is doing is, is an aberration in the most beautiful sense. And so this Cowboys defense, the word that I would use is opportunistic. They are opportunistic in that they wait, they wait, they wait, and then they pounce. And then it's over. And then they give their offense a short field to work with. Or in Trayvon's case, he scores touchdowns. I mean, you know, it's it's insane. I mean, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs has two touchdowns this season. I mean, that's nuts. That's nuts. We're six games in and he has two touchdowns. I mean, it's it's not human. It's not real. It is what it is. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian Rail with a super chat. Thank you very much. Brian says, lots of haters in the chat tonight. I guess they like to watch good teams for a change. Love you all. Are there really haters here? What's up, haters? How you been? What team do you root for? Because the entire NFC East lost in week six, except for the Dallas Cowboys. The entire NFC East combined outside of the Dallas Cowboys has five, or excuse me, yeah, five wins. Has five wins. The Dallas Cowboys have five wins. When your team is not a disgrace, you can come into this chat. You can talk some trash, you know, haters and losers. All right. I don't, I don't want to say be gone. We appreciate your view. We appreciate you joining us. But, I mean, you know, hey, some teams are better than others. The Dallas Cowboys are better than most. Uh, Casey Cooper, think of the Super Chat, says we have to be in the top three conversation now. I also, every week at blogontheboys.com, write power rankings. So I will ask all of you. I will ask all of you because I am, you know, susceptible to your opinions. I will take them and claim them as my own. It's a joke. But the Dallas Cowboys are the what best team in the NFL. If we rank teams, right, we rank teams, you know, we, we made a list. We made a list that everybody could take apart and pick apart and argue about. We made a list. The Dallas Cowboys are the what best team in the NFL because I think that they're third. I think that they're third. Right now, I'll tell you right now, my power rankings, last week I had the Dallas Cowboys number four, all right? I had them number four. The Dallas Cowboys, to me, are going to jump the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. I've got the Buffalo Bills at number one, pending tomorrow, pending tomorrow because the Buffalo Bills play on Monday Night Football. I think that the Buffalo Bills are incredible right now. I think you have to put, if you're doing power rankings, you have to put the Arizona Cardinals ahead of them. You have to, just because they're 6-0 and right now. You have to. It's just kind of a, a have-to sort of thing. They beat the Browns today, I and mean, that was impressive. I mean, so the Cowboys are number three. I think the Cowboys, even though they lost to the Buccaneers, power rankings are not standings. Even though they lost to the Buccaneers, the, the way the Bucs played the Eagles on Thursday night was a little bit concerning. And I know it, it got, you know, more sizable later on in the game on Thursday night, but the Cowboys just had their way with the Eagles. And that, that I think, reflects something from the Bucs. So I will elevate the Cowboys to number three over the Buccaneers. A lot of you saying um, number two. 
five, top five. Yeah, oh, the Cowboys are top five. They've been top five for a long time. So nobody's willing to go as high as number one. A lot of you willing to say number two. So um, it is what it is. Let's see here. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I don't. I want to make sure we don't miss any super chats here. We appreciate all of you who have joined us here on our chat so far this evening. Uh, Eli says, uh, I rescind my statement, not impressed due to the many avoidable mistakes. Uh, Dallas Cowboys for Live, Victory Polo Monday coming up. Eli, are you saying that you are impressed or you are not impressed? I don't understand what statement you are rescinding. Um, I think, look, there's there's no doubt about it. The Cowboys made a number of mistakes. By the way, uh, Dak Prescott speaking right now. Um, so let's, Eli, we'll come back to your comment in just a moment here. But big sigh of relief. All right, everybody, big sigh of relief. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, a.k.a. MVP of the 2021 NFL season, says, I could have kept playing if I had to. Um, said he would have had adrenaline on his side. He says he has a little pain. Um, so ultimately, that's like, how are you upset? I mean, or how are you nervous? I mean, if Dak could have kept playing, I think we all have to trust that. I mean, if if anyone has earned the benefit of the doubt on the Dallas Cowboys roster, it is Dak Prescott. Um, and so if he says he could have kept playing, I mean, I believe him, and I think you should believe him, and I think that that's a good sign. Obviously, we'll see what the MRI shows. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have bought, you know, due to their success on the field, some, you know, benefit, right, some some house money, so to speak. I mean, the Cowboys, again, they won't play for two weeks, and the next three opponents for the Dallas Cowboys are the Minnesota Vikings, who are terrible, the Denver Broncos, who are terrible, and the Atlanta Falcons, who are terrible. So, Ultimately, things are shaping up as nicely as they possibly can for the Cowboys right now. So um, it is what it is. But um, let's see here. Zach says, love the boys, but Arizona's number one right now. Big D at three, Bills at two. I agree with you, Zach, except I'd flip Buffalo and Arizona. Again, pending the results tomorrow. You know, we've obviously got to see what Buffalo does on Monday night. Uh, but Buffalo has just been so impressive. Their defense is amazing. Mike, thank you for the super sticker. Mike, you are the best. Uh, let's keep going here um let's see here again i'm just your puppet people whatever you want to talk about uh miguel says dak is in a walking boot can we panic now um i don't see anything about this um let's see here we're working to confirm whether or not dak is in a walking boot um but even if he is um i would not panic um because he's you know why not be in a boot he's about to be on a, a flight home um he is in a walking boot he's in a protective boot so um okay all right nobody panic all right nobody panic there's no need to panic all right nobody panic Dak is in a walking boot uh there's a tweet uh from John Mishota of the athletic of him handling his post-game press conference I still don't think this is is reason or cause to panic all right I don't think so because if he could have kept playing it can't be that bad and if anyone can manage pain and here's the thing the Cowboys don't need Dak. I know he was, you know, that dude today, but they don't need Dak to come out and throw for 400 yards every single game. Dak gets two weeks to heal now at this point in time. And so I don't think there is any reason to panic. I cannot stress that enough. Um, all is good. I mean, all is as good as can be. You never want to see any sort of, you know, injury happen to anybody, but all is good right now. Dr. Forbin says, not an ugly when the boys faced a well-coached team on the ropes on the road with a hot rookie quarterback. There's that perspective, too. I mean, we obviously all are sitting here saying it was an ugly win for the Cowboys, et cetera. Um, but, I mean, they they went up against the best coach of all time. I mean, they did. And 
they won. I mean, so it's fair to say their like ugliness was Bill Belichick having success against him. That's very fair. Brandon says, do you think Diggs will get the interception record? We will take your comments if you are watching live with us on YouTube or Facebook. Yes or no? Is Trayvon Diggs going to, going to get the record for most interceptions in a single season this year? Um, I have a feeling a lot of you are going to say yes, all right, because we're all enjoying the moment. I'll be honest with you. I don't think so. I, I don't think so, because at a certain point in time, somebody's going to not throw to him. I mean, and to be clear, the next quarterback the Cowboys play is Kirk Cousins. So, so um, you know, it might happen. A lot of you saying yes. That was predictable, guys. I love you all. Um, I, I love you. <laughs> Terrence says absolutely he will. I just it's it's an it's a difficult record to get because it's not something that Trayvon is in total and complete control of. In fact, prior to the pick six in this game, it sort of looked like he wasn't going to get an interception and continue the streak. Now, the the render X2 says he will find the ball. It's fair. I mean, what he's doing right now is stupid. I mean, <laughs> it's it's silly. Um, it doesn't make sense that he continues uh, to generate interceptions. But um, he somehow does. In fact, let's let's get the interception up here again because this Trayvon Diggs is just incredible. Second and 15. Quick throw, and it's intercepted. He's got another one, and he's got a field ahead of him. Diggs is going to take it to the end zone. Unbelievable. Just when you think things are going your way, New England's going to stop and do something right. The fumble in week one. The end of the game against Tampa, the tip ball, this field goal, they do it right. The breaks are going your way. And then Diggs, the most interceptions in the NFL. You can't have a tip ball around him. He picks off his old Alabama teammate. And uses the instincts, the hand-eye coordination. And run into the end zone like... All right, now I want to address something else, something I've seen you guys talking about in the comments here. I'm going to pick uh, Alf88. Um, actually, Alf88, let's see here. Somebody else, Alf had this, but somebody asked. Um, Alf88 has said this several times, so we'll get this up here. Alf88 has said, trade Lyle Collins for a first-round pick. A lot of you asking if the Cowboys will make a trade this week, um, if they should make a trade. Obviously, uh, Connor Williams is not great in this game. You know, you can always have more depth in other positions. Here's the thing. I in no way, shape, or form want to trade Lyle Collins. None. I don't want any of that. I don't want anything to do with that. And I can tell you why very quickly. Number one, Dak Prescott has a calf strain right now. All right? That's the most important person in the world for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't want to trade away anybody whose primary responsibility is to protect him. That's the first thing. The second thing is Tyron Smith got hurt in this game. Tyron Smith had to miss part of this game. All right, now we all have a high level of belief in Terrence Steele now based on the last five weeks, and Terrence Steele is now this team's primary swing tackle when Lyle Collins gets back, but we learned in this game how quickly you can be without both Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. For a moment in time here in this game against the New England Patriots, the Cowboys were without both Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. So I in no way, shape, or form want to trade Lyle Collins, who provides the depth that I need for if Tyron Smith gets hurt and somebody whose primary responsibility was again or is again to protect Dak Prescott. So I want nothing to do with that. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but um, I, I don't want anything to do. Uh, Cowboys 2022 says Lyle's better than Steele. Cowboys will be our Dak for a month. Um, I think I'm not sure, certain about your last, last part of that comment, but yeah, I don't want to give any credit to, or any 
I don't want to give any life to the idea of trading Lyle Collins. So no for me, big time no, capital N, capital O. Eli says, not impressed mainly with the defense. Oh, sorry, this was your clarification. Not impressed mainly with the defense, impressed with the clutch win despite the avoidable mistakes made, which negatively affected us in the bad calls. That's the thing. Like, I think you have to be, is this the best Dallas Cowboys win we've seen in a long time? No. However, it is super duper hella impressive. I mean, the fact that the Cowboys were able to get this win in the face of all sorts of weird stuff and pull it off and fight off weird stuff and their own weird stuff. I mean, let's not act like the officials were the only issue with the Cowboys this game. I mean, they made a lot of mistakes themselves, right? And they won. I mean, so if you can, there, there's, you know, people love to talk about moral victories, right? P- people love that term, right? Like, oh, you know, like the Tampa Bay loss for the Cowboys. Well, they lost, but it's a moral win. Okay, fine. There's such a thing as a moral loss too, right? Like a, like a win where you can also take the lessons from a loss, right? And this is kind of that for the Cowboys. Like you get the win, so you don't have to suffer the consequences of losing, but you can learn that you're not impervious, that you're not infallible, that you have to clean some things up, that even still the best head coach in the NFL can get you. You can, you can not just roll over teams over and over and over and over again and score 40 points and have 500 total yards, et cetera. You can be caught. So this is a moral loss for the Cowboys because they won, which is a good thing. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. A lot of you uh, are extremely opposed to the idea of trading um, Trayvon, uh, not Trayvon Diggs. Nobody wants to trade Trayvon Diggs, of trading Lyle Collins. Let's see here. Um, there is a video that is floating around. Uh, this is from NFL Network's Jane Slater. I saw they tweeted this out of when we believe the um, the Dak Prescott injury occurred. We are operating on the fly. Shout out to our fantastic producer here. So this is not going to be the prettiest looking thing, but this is apparently when the Dak Prescott injury occurred. Right, so I'm going to walk you through this. This is what I'm wondering happened here. See where he sets it. You can see him kind of land there on, on that right ankle. Um, Dave Hellman, friend of the show from DallasCowboys.com, just tweeted out 39 seconds ago. That's how quick we are here on our postgame show. It says, Dak clarifies that he'll get an MRI tomorrow. Dak's quote, I'll be fine. Y'all have fun with it. He says he thinks he'd have been able to keep playing if that last throw hadn't ended the game. Um, so, you know, hey, if, if Dak is speaking that confidently, it is what it is. I don't think anyone should be panicked. I don't think anybody should be concerned. I don't think anybody should freak out. But this is the photo of Dak Prescott in the booth. This is from John Michaud, who covers the Cowboys for The Athletic. So just a precaution. Again, I think we'll all feel better tomorrow when we have more information. But if if Dak is that confident, Dak's not that type. If you've been following the Cowboys for a long time, you know he's not that type to you know kind of sell you a false bill of goods. If Dak feels fine, then I think we should all feel fine. So it is, you know. It's as great as we can feel given the circumstances. So there's no reason to um, to allow your mind to run away from you. Um, Mike Ducey, who is one of the goats covering the Cowboys, just tweeted a Zeke quote. This is a quote from Ezekiel Elliott. All right, this isn't RJ or anybody else. This is his exact quote. It's ridiculous the way they call it that game. We overcame the Patriots and the Zebras. That's what Zeke Elliott said. One more time, a loser in this game. NFL officiating. How did this happen? How did this happen? This was a terribly officiated game. I know we already talked about this, but the, the fact, look, Zeke is not somebody who comes out and like says stuff for headlines. All right. The fact that Zeke would come out and say this says a lot and says, you know, says a lot about how the Cowboys must have felt about this particular game, the way it was officiated, the lack of calls, the way it was called against them. And again, it's not even like the lack of calls. It's, it's not even like, oh, there were so many flags. There were so many penalties. That's one part of it. There were a lot of ticky tack holding calls and things like that. It's not just that. 
It's also the fourth and one early in the game that didn't even generate a measurement from the, the officials. What's like, what, what is the purpose of the chains? If you're not going to take them out there on a fourth and one, that's close. Like you're relying on human, you know, like vision to discern whether or not this was accurate. Why not take the chains out there? What's more is the third and gold touchdown that Dak Prescott scored. There's not even a review on that. There's, there's not a single person who's in charge here that says, man, you know, we should look at this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how does how does nobody think about how many people are, are employed in, in this walk of life, in this uh, sphere, in this corporation? The NFL is a multi-billion dollar organization, and yet there's a referee standing on top of Dak Prescott who's laying in the end zone, holding the football across the, the, the goal line, who's like, we're good. You know, we're we don't need to see anything else. How can you tell me that's the case? It's again, it's not just the flags. There were an inordinate amount of flags, and there were some missed calls both ways. I think we would all agree there, there was a missed face mask on Anthony Brown there at the end of the game. We're not above saying that that is true and that that actually happened. But there was like three missed calls in favor of the Cowboys and like 4,000 missed calls in favor of the Patriots. Uh, Jake, thank you, Jake, not from State Farm, just Jake from here. says, how about a no-call hold and the delay of game for the Patriots? The I know this game got wild late, obviously, but the last um, – before the Kendrick Bourne touchdown, the, the touchdown before that for the Patriots, there was a clear delay of game. Nathan Payne also brings that up. There was a clear delay of game. I think the Cowboys did get away with the delay of game themselves a little while later, but, like, how is that happening? I mean, how you, – you've got, you know – you got all the technology in the world, people. I mean, how are you having delays of game? How are you not? That's the thing. Like, if if the refs had reviewed the Dak Prescott touchdown on third and goal, right? If, if they had reviewed it, if, kind of like they did against Philadelphia on Monday night. Remember when that happened? Dak Prescott's in the goal line. It's like, well, we can't tell whether he you knows he scored or whatever, blah, blah. If they had reviewed it, I would still sit here and trash them, all right? Just like you. But at least I could like at the bare minimum respect them, you know, because they did, they actually, you know, they went to the booth, they, you know, looked in the, you know, little like funnel system thing. They put the headphones on. You know what I mean? Like I could respect that. They, they gave the like bare minimum effort, but the fact that those things weren't even looked at, how is that possible? I mean, it's, it's actually an insult to our intelligence. Um, so Yeah. Good for you, Zeke, calling them out. We appreciate it. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jesse T says they need microchips in the football. They tell them when they cross the line. I agree with you, Jesse. Uh, okay, we've got winners. We've discussed Randy Gregory is a winner. Trayvon Diggs is a winner. Luke Gifford is a winner. Team Depth is a winner. We've discussed uh, Cedric Wilson. Have we discussed Cedric Wilson? I don't think we've called Cedric a winner quite yet. I mean, Cedric is the man. Cedric Wilson Think about the role he has played since Michael Gallup went down with the cast chain himself. Cedric Wilson has been awesome. Cedric Wilson had the clutch fourth down conversion from Dak Prescott. One of the best, you know, one of the best catches we've seen so far from the Cowboys this season. Said is the man. Uh, Brian, you are the man. Think of the Super Chat says Williams had a horrible game with a lot of penalties. We're all talking about Connor Williams here, a clear loser from the game. Uh, but have we ever talked about him before? People need to stop saying to cut every guy who has a bad game, please. This is a good point. Connor has, I think, um, I think people are very harsh on Connor Williams. I think people are sometimes too harsh on Connor Williams. I think people sometimes want to confirm their priors when it comes to Connor Williams. Not everybody um, loves Connor Williams. Connor, I think, has has been really good. I think he's been 
reliable for the Cowboys. He had a rough game. There's no question about it. There's no doubt about it that he had a rough game, you know, against the Patriots. There's nobody's going to sit here and lie to you and say that he had, you know, a great game or anything like that. But he has generally been pretty solid. I mean, so far this season. And so I think that this is a great point from Brian. There's no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I've never understood that saying. Uh, but so, you know, as Noe says, Connor just had a bad game. I would agree. Um, Isaac says you have to be a super chatter to read your comments. That's not true, Isaac. Look at that. We're all sitting here. We're all talking. You know, super chatters, if you're going to super chat, I'm going to shout you out and give you some love because you're giving me some love. But we're going to talk to everybody here. This is a show led by you, the people. All right. I'm just a puppet. You're telling me where to go. Uh, Odessa says CD Lamb is a winner. I mean, it's it's actually difficult to contextualize how CD Lamb is a winner at this point. And I don't mean to disagree with the point, but CD is now so good that like being a winner is not enough. You know what I mean? Like for Dak Prescott, being a winner is not enough. Like they've superseded the point where being a winner is this like thing for them. You know, that's that's just who they are. They're awesome at this point in time. They're always awesome. Uh, and that's who CD Lamb, Dak Prescott, et cetera, et cetera, are. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we mentioned Ty Seki, J. Ron Curse as an honorable mention. We just talked about him. I think Zeke was an honorable mention. Zeke has really, really come just, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who did not believe in Zeke. I'll own up to that right now. I, I did not think that Zeke could be this player again. And we can all sit here, you know, and argue about paying running backs and running backs don't matter. And Tony Pollard and Zeke and his contract and the holdout and on and on and on and on. At the end of the day, at the very end of the day, at the end of the day, Zeke is what the Dallas Cowboys need him to be. Whatever that is, whatever that is, he is that guy. And man, he has just been awesome. Zeke has been incredible this season. He has been People want to say, like, you know, when you watch the broadcast, people want to say, oh, he's 2016 Zeke again. He's 2018 Zeke again. I don't think he's any of those Zekes. I think he's he's current Zeke, and he is just whatever role the Cowboys need him to have in a given moment, he has. He is a chameleon. I mean, he's he's Mystique from the X-Men. That's who Zeke is. Um, let's see here. Mike Madsen uh, says, what is the NFL going to do about these referees? They screw up on almost every game. Mike, I wish I could sit here and tell you that the NFL was going to – uh, sit here and or have a meeting and review all of this and talk about how they can be better uh, as a corporation, as an entity, as just a group of humans. Um, but I think that we have like a universe of evidence to suggest that that will not be the case, unfortunately. So uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta fight through. You know, you gotta win in spite of the referees, and there's no punishment or repercussion it's a multi-billion dollar corporation the nfl uh but you know demanding accountability from some of their employees is a foreign concept to them so uh it is what it is uh loser we said nfl officiating that was uh, something we talked about this is my final loser i only had two losers even though you know th this this is a wide net all right loser team discipline all right and i know we've spent a lot of time so far you know trashing the refs saying the penalties saying things like that there were a lot of mistakes from the Cowboys in this game. We, we have to admit that. We, we have to totally agree that there were some very avoidable mistakes for the Cowboys. We talked about Connor Williams, obviously. Um, this was not good, right? This, this was, there was some, some loose moments, you know, for the Cowboys as a whole in this particular game. And you can't have that. You know, you can't win games like that. If you do, you need a miracle, which is what happened tonight against the New England Patriots. I mean, the Cowboys as a whole – lacks some discipline against New England. And they're up against one of the best, if not the best coach in the history of the game. And so sometimes that's going to happen. But um, I thought that the Cowboys 
could have been a lot tighter in a lot of different ways. I mean, we saw that again, the penalties, some of them, their fault, some of them, not their fault, but the Cowboys were, were loose. And I think that that's fair to say, but again, moral loss, they won the game and that's what matters most. Uh, Watsamata, thank you. Says, yes, we love our win, but we hope it's a wake up call. Totally agree. This is kind of the point we're talking about here uh, for both Kellen and Dan Quinn. They don't have magic fairy dust. They better up their game. That's the thing here. I, I, you know, we saw this from Dak Prescott last week against the New York Giants, right? First quarter of the game, not great at all. First half was, you know, kind of kind of not tidy, not tight in a lot of senses until the very end, the Amari Cooper touchdown. Obviously, he had the big 49-yard touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. But, I mean, things stabilized. And things did kind of stabilize in this game. But Kellen and Dan Quinn certainly have some tidying up to do. I mean, they're 5-1. and one, And that's the thing. If you're 5-1, and one, you have it's it's a lot easier to self scout and self criticize and, and look at what you have going on. But the thing for the Cowboys is, and I'm not trying to like, you know, gas up all of our wheels or anything like that, but who is the next difficult team they play? I mean, they play the Minnesota Vikings. They play the Denver Broncos, the Atlanta Falcons. They play the Kansas city chiefs who have not looked great. I know they beat Washington today. And then they play the Las Vegas Raiders who won today. Impressive win for, for rich Passaccia, by the way, congratulations to rich Passaccia. Um, they're not going to be tested for a while. And that's that's where this does come down to Kellen Moore. This does come down to Dan Quinn. This does come down to Mike McCarthy because they have to keep momentum and the, you know, expectation high. I mean, it's, you know, and I think that you can argue that maybe that's what happened. The Cowboys had played a couple of tomato cans as of late in Philadelphia, Carolina, and New York, and they really weren't challenged. And so they go into this game against New England and they get behind the eight ball early. They're challenged. They make some mistakes. And all of a sudden it's, man, you got to dig, you got to dig deep and you got to find a way to, to win this game, even though you're up against a rookie, even though this offense hasn't necessarily done a lot so far this season. And they did. And and that's impressive. And so hopefully it is a wake up call for them in that capacity um, because they still have work to do. This is far from a perfect team. This is certainly a contending team, but it is far from a perfect team. Uh, Randy, great points is like, I always remember good teams win these kind of games. That's the takeaway. And that's how we know that the Cowboys are an elite team because in years past, they lose this game, right? Like they, they lose this game. This, you know what this game was in some ways. I mean, the offensive success doesn't really work. Just go with the analogy. This was the Eagles game in 2019, the one in Philadelphia, right? Like you're, you're playing a game, but you're playing down to your opponent. That Eagles team wasn't good. And, and you can't find a way to pull it off. You can't find that moment that, you know, whatever that is inside of you, you can't find that. And, we haven't. We, we saw that. I mean, we saw that over and over. A, a better example might be the Chicago game in 2019. I mean, that was a really bad team the Cowboys lost to in, in Chicago. I mean, with Mitchell Drabisky running all over them, they just kind of fell apart. And they almost fell apart in this game. But they dug deep, they held strong, and they got out of it together. And that is what makes a really good team a really good team. Charles says, you can't count out any opponent. We were always looked at the team to be, and that makes our games that much harder. There's a lot of teams that are obviously going to be playing up to the Cowboys now. I mean, the Cowboys are five and one. The Cowboys are five and one. They won six games last year, people. All right. It's not even, you know, or it's technically mid-October now. And, you know, we haven't, think about it. We haven't even gotten to the World Series yet. And the Cowboys have five wins. That's a nice thing. That's an incredible thing. And they're on their bye week now. They can reset. They can self-scout. They can take a look at, at their warts, at their problems, at their issues, and they can figure out how to get better together. And that's a really exciting thing, you know, when it's all said and done. Um, five and one. Five and one. And the NFC East is theirs for the taking. I don't know how anyone thinks that this division is not a wrap. It's, this division might be over at Thanksgiving. The Dallas Cowboys five and one, again, have as many wins as the entire NFC East 
combined people so if you have a friend that's an eagles fan or a giants fan a washington fan be loud be loud and annoying be loud and annoying for two whole weeks because you have earned that but next week uh the dallas Cowboys not playing anybody however I think we could see a world just like this week where all three other teams lose. The Washington football team plays the Green Bay Packers. The Philadelphia Eagles play the Las Vegas Raiders, who were, again, impressive today. Shout out to Rich Bisaccia, as mentioned. And the New York football Giants play the Carolina Panthers. So not exactly a good week for the NFC East outside of Dallas uh, coming up. Uh, Brian says, how is CD not a winner? 149 yards, two touchdowns is not an every game thing. If he's not a winner, Dig shouldn't be there. The only one picks are disappointing. I'm Look, I'm not serious. CD is certainly a winner. I'm just saying... At this point in time, CD's floor is ridiculously high. I mean, CD CD is the winner of all winners. CD actually had the game winner. I mean, CD is an elite receiver. It, it was sort of tongue-in-cheek um, that he wasn't a winner just because he CD Lamb is doing what we said he would this season. We said he was going to come in and kind of cement and establish himself as the alpha, as the guy who comes in and makes huge plays for the Cowboys, and he's doing that. And the fact that he does it over and over and over and over again, he just has a permanent place in the winner's circle. That's who CeeDee Lamb is at this point in time. He is a baller in every single way. CeeDee Lamb is a baller. No, he says CeeDee is the man. Let's watch it again. This is the Cowboys game-winning touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, who, again, is actually CD is perfect. CD is perfect. Remember, here he goes. When we said earlier they were going to come out, have everyone block and throw it down the field across, they would have just won the game five plays ago if they'd have done it then. But that's the same exact play when they called the timeout, and it was still there. Of course, Mills, the defender, was someone there. I love it. I absolutely I love all of it. I love all of it. I love all of you. The Dallas Cowboys are... Five and one. They're five and one. There are a lot of people who you know in your life who said this was impossible. This Cowboys team is going to be terrible. This Cowboys team is going to be bad, etc. Blah, blah, blah. This Cowboys team is awesome. This Cowboys team is legit. Mr. Houston says we got hella weapons. Agreed. I mean, the Cowboys have an abundance of riches on the offensive side of the ball, and they have two weeks now to get right. It is very possible that when we see the Cowboys again, that they will have Lyle Collins back and Michael Gallup back. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this offense has been singing, I mean, singing like some show tunes without Michael Gallup in the fold. And so once he's back, I mean, man alive, it's um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Look, uh, if you have not yet, please consider subscribing here to the Blood of the Boys YouTube channel. We do this after every single Dallas Cowboys game. We also go live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central time for a roundtable. We would do that again this particular week. Obviously, the Cowboys are on by, but we have a lot of content coming because – we think about the Cowboys all the time. It's our job to think about the Cowboys and to bring you the very best Dallas Cowboys content. That's a job that we take very seriously. So if you can, subscribe here to the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to the Blog on the Boys podcast network. We have shows that come out every single day, including daily morning updates to keep you caught up on all things America's team. We are honored. We are so honored that you would choose to spend any part of your Dallas Cowboys fandom with us. We thank you for it. We appreciate it. And we love you. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me from Blogging the Boys, uh, bloggingtheboys.com, our YouTube channel, podcast, every single thing, all throughout the Blogging the Boys universe. And I meant it when I said it. Going to work on the polos as a giveaway. I forgot where the logo was on my polo. Tomorrow is a victory polo Monday. So tomorrow, here's what you do. Whether you have a polo, if you don't have a polo, it's a cap, a t-shirt, a scarf, socks, whatever, gloves, a Cowboys watch, whatever you want. Put it on because you have a Cowboys song on your heart. Take a selfie. Tweet it out. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RGOCHOA. Tag us in your story. Tag blog on the boys. We'll share it. We'll celebrate because the Dallas Cowboys 
our Dallas Cowboys are 5-1. and one. They're one of the best teams in the world. Everything's going to be okay with Dak. Don't freak out. We'll keep you updated, I promise. But the Dallas Cowboys rule all tomorrow is victory polo Monday. We did it. We did it. They said we. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it. Five and one, people. The party keeps on going. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.